Hello you guys, Megan here, just popping in to let you guys know that the audio on today's episode isn't the greatest audio, but the content is still really good, so just be prepared, you might want to turn down your volume button, I know my podcasts are usually a little more quiet, but this episode has been so much fun, and I want to put it out there because it's a really important topic. And yeah, so without further ado, let's get started. Okay. Hello, you guys, and welcome back to another episode of The Diaries of an Anxiety-Ridden Bell. I am your host, Megan Aaron, and today I have a guest with us. Everybody say hello to the one and only fiddle and pipe co-star, Brittany Ross. Hi. (laughs) I finally got her on here, you guys. Uh, I'm so thrilled. I feel like you talk about my podcast every week, and I'm like, I, I think I do. Really should go on that one. <laughs> I feel like I kind of have a stake in your podcast. <laughs> you know, it's fine. You just get a little bit of a commission check, all of zero dollars. Yes. <laughs> I'm so rich. <laughs> Lord. But um, today I asked Brittany to come on today because we are actually going to talk all things mental health. First, before we get started, I want to give you guys a huge shout out on, on, on. On the last episode, I had a lot of people reach out to the DMs, you know, personally text me about my eating disorder, my issues with working out, and I just want to say thank you, you guys. You guys are really sweet. We're taking the proper methods to get medicated and take really good care of ourselves, so all is good in my world. But Brittany is here today because we are actually going to talk about how our mental health has been affected by the pandemic. But before we do that, Britt, I always have a what you're drinking. So what are you drinking for today's episode? Well, dang, I didn't know I had to get some kind of special beverage prepared. I mean, you don't because I have water. Well, I also have water, (laughs) but I am drinking it out of my Bob's Burgers service. Which is really, really cool. I really, really love this. It's really, I like absolutely adore it. I got it for my birthday. You guys saw the movie, right? No. It's on Hulu now. I know. We're trying to organize all my family to get together I get it. and watch it. And it's just, everyone has their own schedule. I totally get it. I think we're aiming for the 23rd and I've been holding out until then. You're like, but if it doesn't happen, I am watching If it, it doesn't happen, I think I'm just going to send them a text and be like, y'all, I've been waiting for like a month now. No, I get it. I my my friend Chris and I, that's like our thing. That and Sailor Moon. The one I'm going. Orders? Yes. So Obsessed. Good. So good. And so he went and saw the movie without me little jerk but I was gonna say have you seen it no I'm waiting for our trip to New Orleans in a couple weeks to watch it together but if not then I will watch it (laughs) very soon I guess worst comes worse you and I could just watch it together done (laughs) it's a date that would be totally awesome honestly but we're both drinking water I have a gallon that's not a gallon I don't know how much that is 64 ounces boom thank you Brittany that's how much it looks like the big water bottle I have so I'm really good at well I got it because I don't have any time there's no water fountain next to my classroom it's smart so I got the well here's the other problem is the bathroom's also very far away oh rip so I'm running <laughs> like the wind just to go to the bathroom every two seconds but I got it for that but oh really I enjoy it. yeah and I enjoy it it's not a bad water bottle but all right so <laughs> into our main topic today <laughs> welcome to the hot mess express as always but um, let's start with the first question. Before the pandemic, how would you say your mental health was? 
Am I answering first, or do you want to answer? Whatever is fine. So I was thinking, how in-depth do you want to go with this? It's up to you. Okay. So I'm pretty open on fiddle and pipe, and in my regular day-to-day life, I guess, I have anxiety. Um, I am one of those people that everyone hates where I'm able to self-medicate with exercise. (laughs) So jealous. So I'm one of those people (laughs) who's just like, just get a pair of running shoes and you'll be fine. I'm so jealous of you as I pay $70 out of pocket every time for a (laughs) bottle of medication. (laughs) So I, I've never taken medication. Um, I'm also not one of those people who is against medication. If I needed it, I would definitely take it. It's just... It doesn't interfere with my life enough to justify taking it. I think it would hurt more than help. Mm-hmm. Um, before the pandemic, my mental health was okay. I mean, God, 2019 was a totally different year. Yeah, it's it was a really long time ago, I got, to be fair. I got married in May of that year. You did. So, and we bought our house in November of 2018. So we were just living the high life you know we had our house kind of newish when COVID hit we didn't even celebrate our first married anniversary until after COVID hit um we had three cats still have three cats uh for valentine's day because COVID didn't really start hitting here in georgia until march or at least yeah. getting bad. It started hitting in, like, December, January. But it we did to- our Black History show, and the next week we were out. Mm-hmm. I was like, thank goodness I got to do my performance. So for Valentine's Day, David finally was like, okay, we can get a dog. Mm-hmm. So we were all signed up and had gone through this rescue to get Valkyrie. And we literally got her... I think it was the weekend before everything got shut down. As... Oh, wow. Like, just Harley, an eight-week-old. Wow. This is a German Shepherd Husky mix. So Ooh. not a dog that is really meant to just yeah. stay She's in a room. meant to be active. Yeah. Um, so before COVID, I mean, I wouldn't say I had A-plus mental health, but I was definitely living a good life and a much different mindset than what I have currently. Um, I was full-time freelance musician i private taught probably like 20 to 30 students out of my house i that's wild i clinicianed at middle schools and high schools in cobb county and fulton county um i did the play at weddings and stuff and i was probably making before taxes like 70 ish thousand a year gosh yeah um and then the pandemic hit and everything changed. <laughs> yeah, and then, then my whole life just totally took a flip. But everything was everything was pretty good before COVID. See, and I don't think everything was perfect. It's just there were... Life's like an onion. There's a lot of layers. Thank you, Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> everything See, seemed okay. It's funny you say that because that was one of my lowest points. Really? Yeah, I was in my third year teaching. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was my third yeah 2019 was my third year of teaching and we had just finished our black history show and at my school most of my students are african-american 99 percent of the population is african-american so black history is huge and i'm not somebody that like puts on a cute little concert no i do two performances a year so it's a show you seem like a cute concert kind of person though 
I am a cute concert person, but I'm always extra, is the thing. So, like, I'll have, like, cutesy songs, but there's a lot going it's on. It's a big ordeal. Yeah, it's it's a full, it is a full production mm-hmm. that takes months. Ugh. And in this particular year, I just wasn't feeling it. It's Burnt just out? It don't, I don't know if it was burnout. It probably was. You know, classroom management was at an all-time high. I was really struggling with some kids, and I was just tired. And it's hard to look now with everything that we know now because I feel like yeah. teaching, because I do, like I said, I do a lot of work with middle schools and high schools, mm-hmm. and I feel like the classroom environment pre-COVID was so different compared to what we have currently and Ugh. what I think we will have moving forward. No, I agree. And so at the time, it was just like pulling teeth and because I'm a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. This was like my third show. It had to be great. It was not great. Mm. Probably the worst one I put on, in my personal opinion. Then the pandemic hit, and I lived alone at the time. So Tim wasn't here? This We didn't live here. I lived somewhere else at the time. I lived at the village at the time. You and I didn't really hang out. Right. This was really before we were friends. You and I were friends, so you and I have an interesting history. We really do, though. <laughs> because I feel like we were friends for a bit in undergrad. Yeah. Um, and then I moved away to Milwaukee, and I really didn't... I kind of only kept in touch with, like, a core group of people. Like, yeah, obviously which makes sense. David, uh, Matt, Catherine, um, Neil, a couple of other people. But then I moved back, and I feel like most of the people that we went to undergrad with didn't really move that far away. And no, everybody just, stayed around. Yeah, and I never really integrated back into the undergrad friends scene. Well, I will say, at that time, I was, like, pulling away from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Because I had only lived in this that current unit that I was in for a couple months. Because I would broken up with Forrest, you know, like, the year before. And I was like, i got to get out of this unit. So mm-hmm. I moved to the building next door. Time for a fresh start. <laughs> yeah. I right moved to the door. building <laughs> next door. It worked, though. It's different. It was great. There was light, natural light. Like, it really worked for my benefit. But when we were in quarantine the whole time, I was using alcohol as my social vice. So, like, I would have a drink and Zoom. But, like, it was to the extremes. And I'm like, okay, something's got to change. So I got back into working out, which I talked about on the last episode. That's Mm -hmm. when a lot of the trauma and I was like, no, I can't work out anymore. But quarantine actually, like turned on those light bulbs and was like, hey, you've got some issues that you need to come to terms with and fix. So honestly, me being at my lowest going into quarantine and the pandemic was the best thing that could have happened for me. See, I feel like along with the majority of the at least American population, I hit my lowest during quarantine. Well, I think I hit my lowest during quarantine as well, but I think it was right at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I was able to come to it at a full... a full stop and was like yo you've got to address this so I was able to build better habits now Mm -hmm. the downfall is my anxiety got to a 10 social anxiety who she was my best friend what are people what are people (laughs) my depression was slowly going away but you know that comes in phases for me and then like I couldn't leave the house so there were other problems that came with it right but at the time it was fine but now looking at it now, <laughs> that it, wasn't healthy. <laughs> it caused a lot of problems now, which we're addressing. <laughs> yeah, my life was really weird. I remember David and I were actually supposed to start like having conversations about trying for kids in March of 2020. Wow. Before the wow. shutdowns happened. 
I don't know if I've ever actually told anyone that. No. But, yeah, that didn't wasn't a thing. Well, I mean, the pandemic happens, and I don't know about you, but I started, like, really being like, huh. I mean, I'm single, so I was not talking about kids with anybody <laughs> at the time. But at the time, I was like, hmm, don't know that I would want to be in a relationship with somebody and forced to stay in the house with them or, like, have a kid right now because that's not the right time. It was a really weird time. So my life kind of went from 100 to zero really fast because I suddenly lost all of my schoolwork. And it's not like with you. You still have a salary. I didn't. Yeah. I get paid when I work. And if they, like, don't need me, then I don't get paid. Right. I lost probably half of my students. And I lost all my gigs because no one was really doing gigs at that time. That's a huge chunk of money for a performer. And David worked at Chick-fil-A at the time. Oh, poor baby. He was the recruiter for Chick-fil-A. Y'all got hit hard. Yeah. Um, So he got cut from full-time to part-time working only 20 something hours a week and then a couple of weeks went by and David and I deal with stress in different ways my response is I gotta fix everything right now we need to find a solution we can't live like this and David's is like oh I'm really depressed I'm gonna go take a nap not take it now so polar same, same David opposites <laughs> same David <laughs> So he was really depressed and down and unmotivated to really do anything. Yeah. And I was like, wow, we're suddenly have no money. So I was rapid fire applying for just minimum wage jobs because I have a master's degree in violin, but no one was hiring. Right. And also, even though I have a master's degree, a lot of people aren't going to take a master's in music and be like, oh, yeah, that's good for an office job yeah, or maybe they will i think maybe times have changed a little bit maybe now they would but not then yeah yeah nowadays you could probably just walk in and be like i'm here and they're like oh hire my me God. do you want to be ceo <laughs> yeah please take over we need all the help we can get we have no idea what's going <laughs> exactly. on the dumpster's on fire <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah it was just really strange and i ended up getting a job at total wine and David was still working part-time and it, our roles kind of switched because we had a eight-week-old puppy. It's like having a newborn. Yeah. Uh, Valkyrie had to be like house trained. Uh, she couldn't really be unsupervised because, you know, she'd have the age where she's going to get into things right. and chew on things. So whenever David wasn't working, he'd be watching the dog or like cooking Um, And I was slowly selling my life to Total Wine. I got the job and I was wanting no more than 20 hours a week. And I eventually ended up working like 50 hour weeks. Shifts were a full time shift there was 10 and a half hours. That's a long time to work in a day. Mm -hmm. You had a 30 minute break and two 15s. That's a long time to work. It was awful. And... And a lot of anxiety about COVID because um, I'm high risk. I have asthma and I have a heart birth defect. And a lot of people in my family have asthma. So it was also a, a weird time and some of David's family members are high risk. So we initially took the social distan- distancing stuff really seriously. 
But then he started crumbling because of the lack of socializing. And then it started getting weird because we weren't on the same page. And then he was slowly starting to deal with some mental stuff that I'm not at liberty to share. Right. Um, and I think we've gone through this experience and we're stronger now on the other side. But it was it was just really hard. It was a hard time where I felt like I was working all the time. And I was also bringing alcohol into the home because I worked at Total Wine. And they're having us taste things and stuff. Which As made one would do. Both of us drink more. And... So, like, we were both drinking too much, and we stopped working out. Right. Because David was depressed, so when he's depressed, he doesn't have the motivation to work out. And then we used to have a gym membership, and... Couldn't use that at the time. We didn't go to the gym. So, we started buying medicine balls to... Right. Just use them, and I think in May or something, we just sucked it up and bought like a thousand dollar dumbbell set on Amazon. So we have kind of a home gym now, but it was just, I don't know. It was really weird because my life took a direction that I didn't think it would. The pandemic really kind of, I think it also made you realize who your friends were. Yeah, I we met Lauren and Rainer during the pandemic and they, oh. live, they live across the street from us. So I remember everything happened, it was like, Around St. Patrick's Day, right? Is when the shutdowns happen? Yeah, I think so. So my birthday is April 7th. So we were still doing... Kemp didn't lift up anything until May. Yeah. And everyone was taking it very seriously at that point. So we didn't do anything. I think David and I made Mexican food and we were going to take Valkyrie on a walk. And we took Valkyrie for a walk and Lauren happened to be walking one of her dogs. Mm -hmm. So we just kind of met them. And they're the first people that we really started doing distance hangout with and it really helped a lot because we david and i were at a point where we weren't really mentally and literally on the same page so i feel like my home environment was not was a stressful environment and they got us more into reading which reading is something that i I used to be a bookworm as a kid but when i and actually into high school as well but kind of when i became more serious about music into college and grad school i stopped reading and then I became an adult and I started working and I stopped reading and it really wasn't until life stopped. I started bonding with David and Lauren and Rainer over books more. And now I'm back to consuming books. Like I'm re- having my Goodreads pulled up right now. I know you're probably <laughs> going to ask about books later. I'm currently I was reading- about to say it is later. So I'm currently reading seven books. Yeah, I saw that on your Goodreads and I was like, Jesus Christ. Because I can't, I can I can do three at a time, but it has to be like a graphic novel, an audio book, and then a thick Yeah, boy. they all have to be different. So I think when we started hanging out with Lauren and Rainer, that's really when we started socializing more because we weren't even seeing our families or anything. Yeah. And for the longest time, whenever we saw anyone, it had to be outside because I was really nervous about COVID and David was nervous, but a little bit less so. And then he definitely started getting really um, angsty and wanting to see people and feeling like he was just trapped. Yeah. Um, not having that need of socialization. It really wasn't until we got our first round of vaccines that I even, like, touched anyone. I don't think everything we did was socially distanced, but we didn't have... I don't think Matt came over until after I was vaccinated, that first round. I don't actually remember anything. It all just blurs together. It really does. But I remember, like, Nayara, she flew home from... China Mm -hmm. because obviously it was horrible and she's like I don't know how long this is going to be you know they say that we could be virtual for the next two years Mm -hmm. I don't want to sit in this house for the next two years so she came home Mm -hmm. 
But her parents are also <clears throat> high risk. Um, so she would drive to us and sit in the parking lot, and we would sit on the opposite side of the parking lot and talk mm-hmm. as the social interaction. Yeah, that's well, kind of how it was for us for a while, too. So fast forward to now, would you say that your mental health... I mean, I, I'm assuming the answer is yes, that it's gotten better. Yeah, I actually started doing therapy in October of 2020, and David said that it'd be a good idea for me to go because I was severely anxious about COVID. Um, It's interesting now because I feel like our roles have kind of flipped. I'm kind of more like, well, I'm vaccinated and boosted, and if you get COVID, you do your own thing. You stay over there, but it's whatever. It's going to be endemic in our society anyway, and David gets a little tense whenever people around us say that they have COVID. That's fair. Um, I think it's interesting because I think without the pandemic, I don't, I think my mental health is a lot better. And I think it's actually kind of a weird blessing in disguise because it really taught me how to handle times of extreme stress and I handled extreme stress when I was in grad school and stuff but this was a totally different caliber right it really taught me who I can lean on it taught me more about myself it taught me a lot more about David it completely changed my perception of the world I feel like yeah I mean when we were quarantined I was fine but it was when we had to go back to work with the kids And the county that I work in was making certain choices that I may or may not have agreed with. That's when I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I got to rethink some things. Now, I mean, not everything is 100%. I'm not saying my life is like sunshine and rainbows now, but it's so much better. I feel like my marriage is stronger. I feel like I'm healthier. I don't drink as much as I do now, even before COVID. Mm -hmm. Like I drink less than I drank then. I eat significantly better. I exercise more. I've actually decided I want. I have a goal of running a marathon in February. That is so cool. So Props to you. <laughs> I'm telling everyone so everyone can hold me accountable. You'll do it. And so. then we'll all be there celebrating you. Aww. I will say something that I learned from the pandemic was I, even though I am a homebody, like I found a way, and this is we're still in the pandemic it's not post it's Mm -hmm. not gonna be post for another two or three years we're spiking yeah i saw that they uh my co-workers sent me something and i was like great it always happens this time of year yeah icu beds are starting to yeah our hospital beds are starting to get at capacity again they were there was a tiktok where someone was like just a warning it's may right now and this new variant that's come out is much different Mm -hmm. and i'm like well no surprise but I've learned how to be, like, a human in my space, if that makes any sense. And it's probably due to the fact that I have depression and anxiety and other things, but I'm starting to learn how to live in my space in a healthy way. I've set boundaries for certain things. Like, I've cleaned out, you know, because you were here the other day. I've So like, many trash bags. I have, like, 20 trash bags at the door full of stuff that I'm getting rid of. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm learning that even being in the pandemic still how to get rid of stuff I don't need everything anymore like I'm cleansing mm-hmm. you don't have to hoard everything right yeah which is huge because during the pandemic I was like oh I need this and this and this and this and this and this I didn't need any of it I was just bored and retail therapy yeah retail th- and everything was really coming quick 
Mm-hmm. Amazon was like, in two hours, it'll be here. It was amazing. Now I gotta wait like, a couple okay. days or a week. Yeah. That sounds really first world problem, but it. But it's true though. But I don't need any of it, and it's all in the garbage right now. Yeah. No, I, I feel that we had another problem that we had was we had problems with debt because we had some retail therapy issues of our own, and then with both of our jobs being cut, we decided to go on vacation summer of 2021 because mm-hmm. we deserved it we hadn't been on a vacation ourselves yeah but it was expensive i mean we went to savannah for a week so it wasn't the most cheap thing but we're just like you know this is a good reason to go you need to go though yeah and then we've recently had several months of stuff with figaro one of my cats your baby medical emergencies so i feel like one thorough line through this has just been like financial insecurity which is just gonna plague me Honestly, though, same, because the way that inflation is right now. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm very blessed that I'm getting a 5% raise for the county, and, you know, I finally got my master's pay, and I get mm-hmm. a step because I've worked in the county for six years, going on seven now. Like, mm-hmm. But it's not cheap to live. It's wild. I mean, um, one thing I'm grateful for is Dave doesn't work at Chick-fil-A anymore. He works for a really good company that has promise and growth, and he makes at least twice as much as he made Mm -hmm. at chick-fil-a that's awesome with promise to make more that's great and actually stuff on paper that shows that he's making more great honestly Uh, my stuff's been picking up as well yeah summer is a little bit of a lull still i feel like it's takes a little bit of time to kind of recover from that impact when you're freelance but it's been getting progressively better now that we're starting to get into the school year i'm starting to get people coming to me asking about lessons again and which is good yeah and asking about like recruitment gigs and see that's really good people into orchestra and stuff so it's almost i'm gonna put this in air quotes like life is back to normal well it's kind of that way last year too because i was working in schools last year so it's i'm still not like at what I was before yeah. COVID, but it's a lot better than 20, I guess the whole year of 2020 was kind of a mess. Yeah. I mean, there's there's an end. I just don't know when it's going to be. I don't think it's going to happen, like I said, I don't think it's going to happen for the next two to three years. Mm-mm. But at least there's been growth in, yeah. in mental health and finding ways to cope with it. I also think mental health has been talked about a lot with the so pandemic. Much. It's a good thing, though, because remember, in music school, it was hardly ever talked about, even though we all shared a lot of we the same all issues. Prob- we all had performer's anxiety. At the good very least. Lord. But, like, even now, one, obviously, there were so many reports talking about depression and anxiety being at an all-time high. Alcoholism. That, but it wasn't talked about when we were kids as it was, so, like, generations before us mm-hmm. were like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, even conversations with my parents, I'd be like, you know, I'm struggling, and my mom would be like... But you have a roof over your head, and I'm like, yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. But there's, that's not, that's not it for me. Mm -hmm. But, you know, now my parents are like, you know, we see exactly what you meant. And even we were going through some of that at the time and didn't realize it Mm -hmm. because we weren't raised to think that way. See, I come from a little bit of a different background because one of my sisters, she had really bad anxiety as an elementary schooler. Mm -hmm. Like, to the point where, like... She she'd sweat so much it would be dripping down her Poor hand. Baby. Yeah, my heart. It oh. was it was really bad, like really what bad. Thing. Needs to be you know worked with doctors and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so my parents were always 
more aware of mental health. So I feel like the pandemic didn't really, at least in my family, bring new light to talking about mental health mm-hmm. or anything. But it made me personally aware of, hey, I can get help and that's okay. Because realistically, because of childhood trauma that I have, I probably should have been in therapy 15 years ago, 18 years ago. Because I definitely should have had an IEP written out for me and all my ADHD and learning disabilities that I probably had but never got diagnosed for. So I get that. And then the way that I reacted to my trauma was kind of the same way that I react to everything in life. I'm like, okay, I'm going to deal with what needs to be dealt with and everything else I'm just going to neatly file aside and put away. And that's how I function. And it makes me very high functioning with trauma turned me into this like cold calculating analytical person who can help I, put everything into boxes for other people i honestly relate to that so much because i've always seen you as like the rock mm-hmm. of the friend groups that's who i am to everyone well and so i relate to that because i was the rock for so long yeah and now i'm like nope not anymore. Somebody else can take the title. It's okay. You and I can be boulders together. Sorry. I just thought of Avatar. The boulder. <laughs> <laughs> just imagine us as buffed out men now. <laughs> I don't around. think there's anything wrong with having that mentality or having that personality type. Yeah. But it's just about making sure that you're taking care of yourself in the progr- in right. like the process. Right. And I was kind of like, I'm functioning, so I'm fine. I wasn't in denial, but I just never really opened up everything else I just put away. Which is fair, because I did the same thing. I'd be like, yeah, mom's right. You do have a roof over your head. You can deal with this later. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. The dog, like, where it's burning, it's fine. Everything is fine. (laughs) Everything's fine. The house is falling apart. It's fine. Yeah. Move on. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so, I mean, we've already talked about it a little bit, but Mm -hmm. the changes that we made... From the beginning of the pandemic to the middle to, like, now with our mental health. I know you said therapy. I've said therapy. I'm on medication. Drinking less. um, Exercising more. Having, getting back to having life goals. I've, one thing I've really struggled with is during COVID, I stopped playing my violin because Mm. it was kind of a sore spot for me because it was my job. And then it. And you're like, why am I practicing it if I'm not going to do anything with it right now? Yeah. I get that. And then playing it just kind of made me sad because I was like, oh, I have like nothing to play for. I have nothing right. to practice. I could just, I can play Don Juan over and over again, yeah. but who wants to do that? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm trying to get back into playing my violin. It's still a little bit of a struggle outside of music stuff, outside, outside of music stuff, outside of like my job. Right. But playing it for me, playing it for fun. Catherine had the idea of starting Fiddle and Pipe last March. Howdy, I'm Brittany Ross, and I play the fiddle. And I'm Catherine Flincham, and I play the pipe. And together we're Fiddle and Pipe. Two classical musicians reading beyond the staff. And beyond genres, from fiction and fantasy to memoirs and self-help. Books that we've read so far have been Twilight, The Hobbit, Atomic Habits. The subtle art of not giving a fuck, do nothing, and we're currently reading the opposite of butterfly hunting. Maybe we've added a little of Fifty Shades of Grey, too, just for pleasure oh that's spicy so grab a book take a seat find us on your favorite streaming app and tune in okay thanks bye and it gave me a big sense of purpose and i'm really happy that we're still doing it because i really enjoy it thank you i really enjoy it yeah I, you talk I, about it I, so I talk much about it 
every single week. So <laughs> clearly, I like it. And that gave that gave me an excuse to socialize with one of my best friends. Yeah. And reading, which is another interest I've kind of locked in on now. And I don't know. I'm just happy that that's still alive and I'm doing it. And honestly, Catherine, if you're listening to this, I owe you a lot for getting me through what was a really dark time in my life with starting out this podcast because it gave me a sense of purpose that I was severely lacking from most other aspects of my life. We love you, Catherine. Lots of love. I, mean, I know she listens to this because we DM like weekly. <laughs> Awkward. It's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Have the shout out. She totally deserves it. But yeah. it's just, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. I think something that I've learned beyond what we've already discussed is how I, how to be realistic with myself. I have yeah. these thoughts, you know, everything is fine. Everything is fine. But it ends up becoming an obsessive thought to mm-hmm. where I overthink and get into these really bad despre- depressive states. Mm-hmm. And, like, my depressive states were, like, two to three months long. Now I get them, but they don't last nearly as long because I've worked on how, like, my spiritual routine, how to work through things, my therapist, medication. I've learned how to be like, this is a problem, and you need to address it, i.e. my last week when I was, like, Oh, no, girl, you're having some anorexic tendencies from reading that book. You need to... The book that I recommended that you read. Okay, again, <laughs> she first of all, she was freaking out because I she thought... I was not freaking out. I sent you one text. I was like, I'm so yeah, sorry. But... I should have at least given it to you with a trigger warning or something. No, but here's the thing. I know what you meant by it. You were like, I genuinely meant this out of the kindness of my heart. I... I'm really worried. <laughs> That's what you meant. <laughs> But I had known about the book for a while, mm-hmm. and I was waiting to read it anyway. Mm-hmm. I was just waiting for the opportunity, and it kind of coincided because at the time I was already going through some anorexic tendencies. Mm. So then the book, as I'm listening, I'm like, ha, you did that last week. You might want to check in with yourself. But, I mean, it happens. Yeah, so, so. it rose your conscious awareness more than yeah, anything. Yeah, I'm definitely able to be like, okay, you're feeling this right now. Mm-hmm. Feel it. Don't mm-hmm. don't hide it anymore. Own up to the fact that you're upset. Own up to the fact that you're doing things that are not in your best benefit. Change it. Fix it. Mm-hmm. Instead of moping around anymore. Yeah. It's all about trying to be a better person at the end of the day. Like, you got to yeah. take cast of votes for who you want to be. Right. One thing that I learned with the pandemic, so when... When COVID started and the shutdowns happened, I was just before my 28th birthday. Now I will be 30 next April. <sighs> yeah. Wow. Everyone, I feel like everyone our age has an idea of what they want to achieve by 30. Before COVID, for me, it was have a family, have mm-hmm. a stable lifestyle, not be in debt. Some of those things aren't going to happen for me, and that's okay. But now I have a new goal of run a marathon by the time you're 30. It really helped me learn how to not compare my life to other people. Yeah. I, I feel like it's something that COVID kind of forced me to learn. And I was actually talking to my therapist about this. This is an issue that we have collectively just because social media is so accessible and because we are perpetually comparing ourselves to like our parents. Mm-hmm. Who I don't know about you, but my parents got married when they were um like 24 25 and they right. have me when they were like 26 27 fun fact in a a week two weeks my parents were getting married at 27 so i get that exact same thoughts because i had that realization the other month and i was like ha! 
I'm alone. It's hard <laughs> when you see that, you know, people before you have done certain yeah. things by certain ages and you're not there, you're not right. close to being there. And I kind of accepted that that's okay. The world's a different place. We're dealing with like a 20-year war. Yeah. As well as... Shootings every other day in this world. As well as um, the housing market crash that happened when we were in high school. The downturn economy that happened again when we were in college. Don't forget 9-11. 9-11. That happened when we were in elementary school. Rising inflation and the sinking economy that's going to happen here in the next few months. The housing market crash... It's just, we've been through collectively a lot. And it's okay if our lives are not following the same pace because we don't have to match the people that came before us. What matters is, are you doing what you need to do to make yourself happy? And maybe don't set life goals that you might not be able to achieve. Stuff that's like more realistic for yourself. Like, for example, running a marathon. I have complete control over that yeah but i can't control a pandemic that prevents me from having kids when i wanted to have kids right for example using that well as- i think it's okay to have those big goals too but like little stuff to also keep you going mm-hmm. so like i think saying to have it i think when it gets dangerous is to buy x date do this or buy x age do this. that and maybe a reaction that comes from it so let's say by next week i want to be able to run a marathon yeah that's not realistic mm-hmm. but if i get to next week and i'm upset because i didn't achieve that mm-hmm. that emotion it, to me is worse than being like yeah i can't run a, mar- a marathon yeah so but again i think it comes from being realistic one like you said but two just little things that'll get you through the day mm-hmm. thinking about the little victories there is this I think she's an Instagrammer. I found her on TikTok during the pandemic. I think her name is Nabella. Mm-hmm. And she, during the pandemic, would do things called pockets of peace. Mm-hmm. And it'd be throughout her day just little things that made her happy. So I adopted that. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I every single night before I go to bed, I go, what are three things that either you're grateful for, you're happy for, you accomplished? Like, three things. Just to be like, okay, today wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. You were able to eat today. That's not bad. You were able to have coffee and be quiet today. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. Little things. Just being appreciative of the fact that you got up that morning. Yeah. I try not to take things for granted anymore because I remember when everything was so much harder. Yeah. I, yeah. I think we've definitely got a better outlook on life. Yeah. The simple things. Which, honestly, that was probably the perfect time for a pandemic because I felt like people were very materialistic. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've got to have the latest things, or I've got to have all this technology. I've got to keep up. And now people are just like, if I like the technology, I'll buy it because it's what I like. But I don't need it anymore. I still have an iPhone 8. Really? I know. Don't remind me. I recorded it with Catherine and Cassie last night, <laughs> and they both got 13s. And they're like, wow, we took good I pictures mean, of our cats, and I'm pissed. I have the XS, which I know is much newer. Mm-hmm. But I've gotten to the point now where I'm like, until it's broken and I can't use it anymore, I'm sticking with it. I'm not wasting money. Mm-hmm. Well, also, my parents pay for my phones. So I don't want to buy that and be like, surprise! Yeah. You have to pay for this for the next six months. You're welcome. 
Don't want to do that anymore. Oh, wait, you didn't want to pay for this $400 phone? Well, it used to be a good trade-off because I would pay for the Hulu bill, which was the same as the phone bill. Mm-hmm. So I, we traded off. Mm-hmm. But now I don't pay for the Hulu bill because who wants to pay $60 for live TV? So I was like, we only watch it for Atlanta United and Georgia. We can just get ESPN Plus for $5 Yeah, we cut, call it a day. We cut cable at our house. See, I've never had cable. I hate cable. Don't we like don't, it. We watched it for football games. and So the thing is, I was like, ESPN Plus will get you the soccer, and it'll get you football, and it came with that, and I was like, we're with each other every week. If we're not together, then it makes sense to have it live. Yeah. So we can watch it on two different TVs, but no, we'll just... I'll pay for the ESPN bill for six bucks a month and still get our games that we pretty much go to every other week. Hmm. It just didn't make sense. Why would we pay for tickets to go to the games when we have the game? Right, on the TV. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's no more. just doesn't make sense, so I get it. Yeah. But, anything else? Do you want to talk about the seven books that you're reading? Yes. (laughs) So, we were talking about things that got us through the pandemic. One thing that Dave and I started doing that was a really good bonding exercise... Uh, is we read to each other. I love that. It's so cute. It's so cute to me. It was something that I wanted to do for a long time, and he was really skeptical of it. And then Christmas of 2019, he bought the Harry Potter set, because he never read Harry Potter. Oh my gosh. I didn't either at the time. He never read Harry Potter as a kid, because he got teased for looking like Harry Potter. Oh, He's that's tall, right. lanky, white guy with shaggy brown hair and glasses all he needs is that scar yeah so he was really turned off to reading it as a kid and one thing that we did during the pandemic is we would read to each other we would sit on the couch or while one of us was cooking and the other one would read to oh, them that's cool yeah that's a really i oh i would enjoy that we love it we finished all of them and we started the percy percy jackson series uh, very good books if you haven't read them. I haven't read them, but my sister read them. You and would was like obsessed. them. You would she like them. She adored them. So I'm reading the third, or we are reading the third Percy Jackson book, which is The Titan's Curse. Um, God, what else am I reading? Um, I'm reading The Practice for Fiddle and Pipe by mm-hmm. Seth Godin, and that is a book about practicing. Boom. I mean, I wish I could elaborate more about... What you need to do to practice your... I mean, I'm only like one chapter into it, so I'm trying to say what it's about. You're trying to practice your... Like, what you need to do to practice your craft or whatever you want to be. It's a really big idea kind of book. Um, I'm also reading the... Lauren actually gave this to me. It's The Wisest One in the Room. You would probably like this. How You Can Benefit from Social Psychology, Psychology's Most Powerful Insights by mm. Thomas Gilovich. Apparently it helps a lot with teaching. I definitely need to add that to the list. <laughs> I just started it. Um, I'm reading an Elvis biography because we did an episode that involved Elvis Presley and I was like, I should probably just read the book. So I started reading the book. I'm reading the second book of the Silo series by Hugh Howey, which is called Shift. The Silo series is a young adult dystopian fantasy series that's comparable to Hunger Games, kind of. It's not the Hunger Games, but I can see why some people draw comparison to it. It's basically a dystopian world where you have a whole bunch of people that live together in a silo. Outside world is uninhabitable. Okay. 
Um, you have different levels of the silo that do different things. Like the bottom third of it is like mechanical. Mm-hmm. The middle third is like your blue collar workers. And the top is the people who run the show and IT. Um, if you mess up, if you do anything that references like the old ways or the old system, they send you out for cleaning. So these silos are underground. The only part of the silo that's on top of the ground is like the curved part, the dome. Mm -hmm. And on the dome, they have a screen that shows you the outside world and it gets dirty over time. Right. So what they do is if you screw up, they put you in the suit, they make you go out there and clean it and then you die out there. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so it's an interesting it's an interesting series. The books are pretty big. Uh, the first book was like 500 pages. Oh, wow. So they're a little bit of a commitment. The first one, I really liked the idea, but you could definitely tell he was like a young writer because the exposition was pretty long. Mm-hmm. But it was very good. So I'm reading the second one of that series, which is kind of like a before. A prequel. Yes. Like what led to this yeah. society. Um, I'm also reading... November 9 by Colleen Hoover who or I guess I'm listening to that on audiobook so I realized that the Cobb County Library has a lot of her books I hate to I wish I lived in Cobb I don't I wonder if you cool. should check out your county's library because what you do is you get an, you get an e-library card and then you see what they have on audiobooks that's what I do I just That's a it. really good idea because Audible can be quite expensive. I mean, I only pay 15 a month, mm-hmm. but it can be expensive. So I've been, since I read Verity and since um, the Cobb County Library has a lot of her books, I've just been going through and listening to them. I just finished All Your Perfects, which I love. I'd recommend it. I'd highly recommend it. it I'm not one for romance books. It is a romance drama book. It is about a couple who's struggling with infertility and how they, how that is affecting their marriage and how they are attempting to work through it. It is a beautiful book. You should read it. I cried at the end like a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I finished that book and I'm reading November 9, which is, about two 18-year-olds who meet sort of fall in like with each other. And the girl is... They, it's set in California, and the girl's supposed to be moving to New York for an acting dream. And they agree to see each other every November 9th for five years. Oh, that's kind of cute it's, and weird. It's cute and weird. There's a lot of weird twists... She's really good at weird. She she's good at weird. Um, that's why I think I like her her books. Oh, Verity was. I loved Verity. Totally. That was a mind numbing experience. Ah, uh, it was also interesting because each of her books has she's like a genre bender. She doesn't stick to one thing. Well, she prides herself on that. Mm-hmm. I was reading one of her interviews and she's like, "Oh, I pride myself on that. No mm-hmm. good writer." can write in one genre and I was like oh okay looking at like Stephen King <laughs> Stephen King is so good at what he does though yeah that's true he's just per- like he set an example for 
what is it? Horror thriller? Horror thriller, yeah. Yeah. Like, he's, I remember seeing my grandfather with, like, 50 Stephen King books at once, at all times. I mean, a lot of them are classics. Like, I re-listened to Cujo on audiobook. Oh, I forgot how much I can't listen that to any book of, hurts. I cannot listen to any of his stuff. Because it, it genuinely freaks me out. I'm like, <laughs> that's how good they are. Like, I can't listen to it. I'm like a horror junkie, so... That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. But... As I say, is none of the books I'm reading right now are horror. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta take a break every now and then. Well, you see, all my friends keep throwing books at me, so I just pick up a book that I want to read. You're welcome. And then I, then the next book I read is a book that a friend recommended to me, and then I'm reading books with Fiddle smart. and Pipe, and then I'm reading a book with David, and then... Oh, I'm also reading Fifty Shades of Grey. I forgot I said that. <sighs> Which is something. Yeah. yeah. You see why I was I, mean, I was irritated when we recorded that episode? There's... I'm over it. I'm so... I didn't even finish the book. I threw Christian in the trash. <laughs> there's, a se- <laughs> there's a section of it. I'll tell you which one it is after. But I was reading it in bed last night. And I literally... I did this. So I opened the book in front of me. I'm reading it. I read the line. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I hate him. I hate him so much. I was like, David's like, why are you still reading that? And I'm like, because that's funny. I hate it so much. But yeah. I hate it so much. That's the seven books that I'm reading right now. See, I'm reading none now. Oh. Because I just finished 10,000 Doors of January. I did finish the graphic novel series. Well, two of them. Mm -hmm. The third one, I've got to wait till it comes on paperback of the Tea Dragon Society. That looked really cute. I saw your Insta. So cute. Uh, you can look at it after, but it's basic. Well, it's hard to explain the premise because the second one was a prequel, and the first one was really short. So the mm-hmm. third one, I have a feeling oh, there's like, not enough information to build the storyline yet. So the third one, I'm assuming, is going to like flush it out. Yeah. Are they graphic novels? Yeah, oh. they're really pretty too. Um, it's really gender inclusive, which mm-hmm. is what I adore. That's my mission this year is to at least read as many LGBTQ books as I can so I can get used to it being normal because mm-hmm. I was ignorant and was like, ah, cool. Wait, but that shouldn't be cool. That There's be gays in this book. That's literally, and I was like, Megan, you're queer. This should be normal. Shut up. Read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so I think I'm going to read um, the Cool Print series. I'm like looking over at my books. I'm not ready to read Zodiac yet. Zodiac Academy has got to wait. <laughs> I've got to wait. I can't. My heart's broken. I can't do it right now. Do you like any like horror or thriller books? It, it depends. I'm not a big horror person, only because I have a very graphic mind. Mm-hmm. So like I will imagine everything, and then I stick on books for a while, which is why like for a while there, all I could talk about was Zodiac Academy yeah. because it's all I could think about. You got so tips. I obsess. Yeah. And then I'm like, I'm going to be like looking around every corner like, hello. Do you remember the author <laughs> I was telling you about? Uh, Paul Tremblay. Yeah. I should lend you a couple of his books and see if you're into them. Maybe if you recommend me one, I'll get it on audio. Okay. And do it that way. And then I'll know. That okay. way you won't have to physically bring me something too. Okay. That just makes my life easier. I just have my <laughs> ears turning. I'm like, well, no, that's fine. I recommend. But yeah, I think I'm going to read the Cool Print series. I'm not ready for Akatar yet. I gotta finish Zodiac before I keep going on Akatar. Which, that's a court of Thorn and Roses if you don't know. I don't know, because I, I have your first book and I haven't read it yet, because it's in my stack. It's like Beauty and the Beast. I've heard 
I've heard a lot of mixed things about it. So, I was talking to Matt about it, because he doesn't really like the author, Sarah J. Mass. Really? She has a very particular writing style. Mm. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. But it's young adult. That's right. the best way to put it. It's young adult. Mm-hmm. And so, it's good, mm-hmm. but some points I'm like, this isn't a Disney movie. Mm. We don't need to... But I, like I said, I listened to the graphic audio, which I highly recommend because they have a whole voice cast. Mm-hmm. And so it, like, for the graphic visual listeners, mm-hmm. it is so good. I got about a, halfway through the first one and I was like, never mind. Take back what I said. I love it now. I, so good. Whenever, when I brought it home along with the other books that you lent me, David was sticking his little paws through the goodies I brought home. <laughs> and he picked up the book and he was just like, oh, George R. R. Martin said really good things about this book. The author of Game of Thrones. This would, It would be a very baby, younger version of mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Although I'm not, I've only read the first one. So I don't know really in regards to it, how violent it gets, all of that. Mm-hmm. But I'll eventually get to that. I have to finish Zodiac before though. I guess I should probably read that since you're so hooked on it. But um, obviously, we have plugged Fiddle and Pipe like 70 times throughout this, but you want to plug it again? Yeah. If you have listened to our book talk for the last <laughs> 10 minutes, you should definitely check out Fiddle and Pipe. It's myself and one of my best friends, Catherine Flincham, talking about books. And we relate it to music. We relate it to our lives. It's two mus- musicians learning about life outside of the practice room. Boom. Yeah. You guys have Instagram, right? Yeah, you can find us at Fiddle and Pipe, and you can also follow us on Facebook if you use that at Fiddle and Pipe Forum. Boom. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this. You're welcome anytime. Thanks. So, all right, crew, I'll see you. I'll see you guys eventually. Bye. Bye.